Hello, everybody. Look, there you are. There's your ears. <laughs> There's your ear canals. We've missed them. We haven't been in them in a couple of weeks, which is a lot better than often. And uh, yeah, we're back. Episode three. Episode four. Season three. Three point four. Season three point four. Three point four. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. We watch anything, don't we, Jono? Yeah, we. I mean, we really do watch anything. That's our name. That's what we do. And we're here again to tell you about the things that we've watched. Boom. <laughs> That's quite good. Yeah, it's quite nice. Professional. Slick. Yeah. Slickety Ricky. I have yeah. recorded well, as well. I've I just had, had a sudden of my hands to plan for this part. That's yeah. Why. So you know, it's like an oil, a well-oiled machine. I thought you said it's like an oiled rum. <laughs> yeah. Um, we yeah, had a question about something. Oh so, yeah, go on. I've always thought of golf as quite a selfish. Uh, sport, yes. I agree. As in, as in professional golf is something else. But let's just, just golf having that much time, you know, to take to, to, while your partner is doing all the work. Anything else? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And also and, uh, in in land mass usage. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But so so, long story short, I met this guy, just virtually. Um, but I met this guy <laughs> who was um, revealed himself to be an ultra marathon runner. Ah, well, I thought, I thought wow, run. really impressive. I can't remember his time, but he'd done a, his first 100-mile race in, like, I don't know, X, XT hours or whatever. And it was really impressive. Yeah. And then sort of say, oh, so have you got kids? And he had three kids. I said, oh, what ages are they? They were all under 10. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, oh, when did you start this marathon, <laughs> this ultra-marathon running? And who the hell is looking after your children while you're out swanning around? Up running? a mountain. Yeah. Well, I think I mean yes. I, I, it's interesting because a, a friend of mine does also. He got he got into around about four when he hit forty. He decided he needed to sort of shape up a bit and got into running and then got more into running and then started and did his first ultra a few years ago. I think now. Wow. Um, and he's got a daughter exactly the same age as my eldest, born on the same day. Um, but I think they could have like they get involved as well. She's just done um a part run i think she's just done her first 5k or something and his oh, wife cool. runs as well so whereas they don't all do the ultras together i think it's still sort of something they can participate in and then he'll take him off for a couple of days himself off to a couple of days to like go and run the peaks or whatever it is that people do um you're far closer to being able to run an ultra than i ever will be um i couldn't run but... an ultra i've i've run a half well i've run loads of halves mm. But I've, yeah, no, I couldn't, I definitely couldn't. And I mean it, I'm really, I, I'm really in awe of people who can do it. I think it's amazing. I just also think maybe yeah. you should do the dishes more. <laughs> <laughs> I think though, in some ways, I, I, I'd credit that more than golfing. Because basically yes. golfing involves just going and having a laugh with your mates and then having a couple of beers while your other, uh, other half is at home doing whatever they're doing. And, um... Whereas if you're running an ultra, you are still pushing yourself to a physical extreme and doing something, as opposed to swanning around being a bit of a tool. <laughs> I just uh, quite a lot of our friends do play and like golf. Yeah, so I know. We're basically telling all our friends. I've never made a secret of the fact that I think it's quite a tool <laughs> like sport. You. I mean, no one ever makes an ultra mug as well. It's like, ultra runners do it in the rough. <laughs> God, I hate golf paraphernalia. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, the only golfing sort of golfing paraphernalia. I mean, I do. I think the gamesmanship books, um, yes, are fantastic, and they feature a lot of golf in them. True, the but the they're original not about golf necessarily. But yeah. No, it's not around golf at all. No, yes. you bought that. Well, no, it is around yeah. golf, but it's not a golf yes. book. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
anyway, anyway. Good, I'm glad I got that off my chest. Excellent. So s- apologies to any sort of solo involving sports listeners. John has yeah. just uh, called you selfish. Unless obviously you're single and live alone, and then uh, that, you're making good use of your time. Well done. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. And um, oh, quickly because we're talking about oh, marathons, let's quickly mention a recommendation. Oh, What's the Barclay Marathon, like? the oh, greatest yeah. documentary in the history of time. The Barclay Marathon's about a series <laughs> of, um, of, of all the most ridiculous ultra in the universe. It's a succession of six marathons, I think six or five. I can't remember. I think six marathons that uh, you sort of like finish one and start the next and just keep on going, um, mm. th- running up and down through the um, Louisiana brush, and it's just it's fabulous, absolutely yeah. fabulous. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Then watch it again and watch it again. I might watch it tonight. I love it. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say it's a sort of. It was going to be a cool segue um, into uh, if you do, you know, want to tell us we're being dicks about golf or tell us how fast you can run an ultra or recommend anything that we should be watching uh, or talking about, do drop us a line. Uh, it's we watch anything at gmail dot com or you could get us on Twitter at we watch anything you can go to our facebook page and some people are which i find crazy because we keep exhorting them not to at this point in the show but um there are people joining uh, you know liking our facebook page which is brilliant of them and so thank you for doing that but i don't check it very often because i pretty much hate facebook now yeah i haven't been on it for a decade now really has it been a whole decade i still remember what your profile picture used to look like Mm, crazy time Anyway, none of this is particularly relevant to movies, apart from the Barclay Marathons. So that was an even better segue you did just then. Um, we are going to do what we usually do these days, come come the, the latter stages of our, or the, the current stages of the pod, season three. We have you know slimmed it down so that we just watch one movie together, and then the rest of the time we're going to talk about things that we think people might like, or things that people should run away screaming from. So, yeah. John what do you want to put on the table for, for, for now? Well, I've got a, a recommendation for something that you should do. Ooh. And it's basically, um, it's a compare and contrast exercise of uh, two scary movies, two Ooh, short nice. scary movies, i.e. the two BBC adaptations of Whistle and I'll Come to You, um, which is a M.R. James short story um and just recently, surprisingly, yeah, I rewatched both of them, mm-hmm. and I just really recommend it because the thing is, I really like the more recent one from two thousand and ten with John Hurt. It's fantastic, and I remember when I first saw the nineteen sixty eight one, which was directed by Jonathan Miller from um, Beyond the Fringe. I remember being di- not not really liking it very mm. much. I just thought it was quite weird. But I was very young at the time when I first saw it; like I was still at school. Anyway, but I rewatched the Jonathan Miller one, and it is amazing. It's really strange. It's about an hour long. It's got uh, Michael Horden, and it was done Excellent. in 1968, and it's um, and which would have been the same year as Where Eagles Dare. So the same year that Michael Horden was being the um, uh, uh, Danny Boy, oh, Crawley yeah, Broadsword. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was in Whistle and I'll Come to You, and he plays the academic who finds a strange whistle with a Latin inscription with. Yeah who is this who is coming on it, blows it, and he's a sceptic, but starts to sort of experience feelings yes. of weirdness and bad dreams and whatnot. And then the Jonathan, the, the, sorry, the 2010 one, I forget, uh, Neil Cross, I think, wrote it, and he was the one that around the same time was working on the first Luther series. Huh. Um, he Like it. 
yeah, he reimagined it as so. John Hurt is an old man who goes on holiday. Whose wife at the beginning of the story it's a really it's really sad, but his wife is being put into a home by him because she's obviously got some kind of dementia. Yeah, and then he goes off for some you know a respite holiday on his own to a place they used to visit. Again, like the original, like the story, it's seaside. And it's just, um, they don't have a whistle. He finds a ring, a wedding ring, um, with the inscription, who is Mm -hmm. this, who is coming. And I think it's absolutely chilling and also really sad. I haven't seen it. I will. That's that's, that's an interesting find. Actually, I'd I'd like to hunt them both down. Are they both readily available, Yo? So, yes. So, Whistle and I'll Come to You 2010 Mm -hmm. is, is currently on Prime. Oh, cool. Free, free, ready to go. Whistle and I'll Come to You 1968 is currently on YouTube, but you definitely have to watch it because it seems to be on more than once. And there's one where the picture, someone's done something weird with it and it just okay. looks a bit strange. So make sure you find the better one. Sure that wasn't but haunted? also it is on Prime for like, I forget what it is. It's like two pounds or something. Right. So if you but, really want to do a double bill, compare and contrast, and you might want to just shell out that couple extra quid so it looks nice as opposed to horrid. Yeah, and, and honestly, the 1968 one is really peculiar because mm. this it's got this such a, a sort of Michael Walden's playing of this guy, this academic. He's really bumbling, and it, it almost feels like there isn't a script because all he does is sort of bimble around the scene, sort of take, oh, dirty, talking to himself and shaking yeah. his head. And that's almost the experience of the whole thing. So it's a really strange, but cool watch and there are a couple of frightening bits that really really do stand the test of time anyway i'll quit talking that's my recommendation compare of contrast compare and contrast whistle and i'll come to you oh interesting i'm going to slip in here as well jesse and recommend something that's non um moving media which is weird um but there is a new zine which you can get on Etsy called Ghost Pals, which oh, really? uh, yeah, which goes through. It's a couple of friends, um, and they go through you know some some great ghost stories and sort of some historical stuff, and uh, you know they they uh, it's just really interesting, and they're really into the genre, and uh, I thought it worked quite nicely off the back of that. It's not very expensive, so you just just yeah, and it's quite nice to keep a bit of print media alive. It's very nicely oh, yes. um, nicely uh, what you call it put together. So what's it called? Ghost Pals. Ghost Pals. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, you recommend that. So, yeah. my um, recommendation for a movie right now has got nothing to do with ghosts or um, comparing and contrasting. It is, however, a documentary. So, it does sort of compare and contrast some styles of something. So, it's called huh. Count Me In. Ooh, what's that? It has just turned up on the flicks. It's only a 2021... I mean, it's credited as being, yeah, just just a 2021 production. And what it is, is a, um, it's a documentary about drumming. And it is one of the most brilliantly sort of just joyful exploration of people loving music you are ever going to see. Oh, really? Oh, I, yes, yeah, I, I knew I'd seen it. Yeah, it's just come on Netflix, hasn't it? Yes. So oh, have yeah. you seen it, seen it, or have you just sort of been aware no, no, of it? No, no, I was, I was wondering whether to watch it. So yeah. it's one of those things, I got recommended to me by a friend who said it, it was just a brilliant bit of drum wank, and it, <laughs> it is, it absolutely is. But it is, I mean, when they when you sort of start to see the, the, the people they're interviewing as well, and it just starts off with a really great, sort of great shot of... Um, uh, Stephen Perkins, who is the Jane's Addiction drummer, who I still think is one of the best drummers of all time. Like he, the, he's a good drummer. Jane's yeah, Jane's Addiction is made by the drumming. Definitely. Um, yeah. I saw them live supporting the Wonder stuff. Oh, did you? 
I'd much, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd much rather. And I saw Porno for Pyrus and Reading ninety something. Must be rather. a big Perry Farrell fan. Mm, sorry, um, carry on. But uh, well, Stephen Perkins drummed in both of those. <laughs> so it's him going to this sort of—I I think it's in Washington State, some sort of like observatory. But you know they've got the big—you know—it's the big metal dome thing, and inside is a big drum circle, and they're all going at it. It's all bouncing off the walls. It's very, oh, very wow. cool. Um, and he's—it's sort of like he forms in some ways the backbone of it, but it's basically people talking about their absolute love, what they do in their craft. And then I think almost the first interviewee up, which really just sold me from the beginning, was Nico McBrain, the drummer from Maiden. And okay. he's just awesome. <laughs> um, and he's talking about when he was younger and how he got into it. And, and, that, and it does, it sort of takes people, it's just, it's just about love. It, it is so much love in it and so much passion and so much craft. And it's, and it's fun. But they, and they've got Taylor Hawkins. Um, they interview Nick Mason. They interview um, Stuart Copeland. Um, interview oh, Roger cool. Taylor. Like it's got. He's, he's it's, always quite an entertaining interviewee. Stuart yeah. Copeland. Um, Chad Smith is all through it as well. I didn't realise that. I I should have known this, but Chad Smith like joined the the Chili's later, and he's actually quite a sensible guy. He's from no, Detroit, really? and they're from you know like these sort of uh, Californian punk guys, and he's a bit like, yeah, I'm just a really good drummer. Um, I like <laughs> Um, and they, they go through a section about Ginger Baker and they go through... Um, all, is it mainly sort of like rock drummers? Uh, yes, it is mainly kind of like rock drummers. But, um, you know, they, they are talking about non-rock rock drummers. There's also some great female drummers in there like Emily Dolan Davies and Samantha Maloney, some really sort of like some... And uh, I've forgotten the name of the awesome Kravitz drummer. She's really cool as well. Um, and Oh, and Ben Thatcher from... Um, Raw blood as well to get a bit sort of contemporary in there because he's also oh, nice. bloody good, um, and it's just it's brilliant. It's really great. It's just I've, I could I could not recommend it more for a, just a slice of hour and a half of you just going oh that was just great. I loved it. Well, that is fabulous. I want to watch that. Cause yeah, you know me. I quite often recommend. I spend most of my time on YouTube watching drummers. Yes, I know, and I I, I really wanted to, as soon as I'd watched it, I wanted to call you and go you got to watch this, and then I thought no, I can't. I'm going to save it with the pod. Save it with the pod. Save it with the pod. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to watch that. Yeah. And it ties in with my, if you're ready for me, my my second mini recommendation. Oh, I am ready for you. I'm always ready for you. Well, this is because it's weird that you recommended that because my recommendation is that people search up Jojo Mayer. That's Jojo Mayer. Yeah. Who's a, um, I think he's Swiss uh, drummer, but just s- search him up and find some videos because basically he's a jazz drummer and he's, j- and he's amazing. But he does this thing where he kind of he he decided he would try and drum like a like like jungle jungle records you know that junglist kind of sound <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so he does this incredibly fast sort of twitchy um, junglist drumming but he he's actually doing it it's not just loads of crap samples and he's amazing quite wow. a lot of the videos themselves are quite craply filmed I have to say but it's still he's astounding and that was my recommendation because there's no movie about him. It's just a clip of just cool. him up on YouTube. Jojo Mayer, he's amazing. Well, that's that's quite an awesomely fortuitous uh, occurrence. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'm going to recommend, because um, I like to sort of, you know, I like to bounce around, drop us into TV a little bit. So oh, yeah. uh, I'm watching an, uh, an Australian series on Netflix called Wanted. Now, there is a series called Wanted Down Under, 
that is a terrible British daytime show about people who want to move from their shit bit of suburbia into Australia. And they kind of go, I'm a nurse. Can I move to Australia? I can get a visa. Brilliant. What's my house worth here? Can I have a massive swimming pool and live by the sea? No. I can basically get as bad, as bad a house in Australia as I can in England, but it might have a bit more sun. Um and that happens and then they go are you ready to make the move here well i am but i'm not sure my wife is no i'm not sure i am the kids might like it yes no i don't want to move and then they either move or don't but like 95 percent of the time they don't move and and, and the five percent time they do move most of the time they come back again um brilliant so don't watch that but do watch wanted which is a really cracking um crime drama thing about sort of it's it's kind of like a it's like when crime goes wrong. Not that oh, okay. crime goes wrong. It's not... Well, it, it, it's a bit like a mix between... I don't know. It's kind of like a, a series. It's sort of an almost a Thelma Louise-esque series, although they don't actually commit any crimes to start with. Right. The two women are thrown together by witnessing a crime at a bus stop. And that basically means they end up on the run for two seasons. Um, just through having witnessed this crime, because it's all sort of, sort of tied up with dirty cops and all that kind of thing. I love but, a simple setup like that. But That's it's, good. What is and the interplay between the two female leads is brilliant. Um, they they're great. They are um, one of them's a bit of a veteran um, Australian actress um, who co-wrote it and produced it, I think. Um, and her name is Rebecca Gibney. Don't know if you've heard of her, but she's in a whole bunch of Aussie dramas. Um, and then you've got Geraldine Hakewill as well in it, who is in a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah she is oh god she was in something quite big I'm trying to remember what it is um, oh, she's the lead in Ms Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries um, oh she's in something else I can't remember what it is now but I, I, and I'm just going to I don't want to spend my time looking over stupid <laughs> thing um, but uh, there's a great chemistry too she's young um, Rebecca Gibney's older and um, they're sort of fighting the system and being on the run around Oz, so you get some nice bits of Australia, and it's a really, it's, really a really, it's a really gripping show actually. And we just everyone, yeah, my, sort of uh, got recommended by my family, and we've all sort of ploughed through it until season three, oh. which was a gigantic error. Basically, oh. you know, you know, Prison Break was great for the first season, and then as soon as they get out of the prison, it's terrible. And season three is basically the second season of Prison Break. So uh, my recommendation is to watch the first two seasons of Wanted. Because if you never saw anything past season two, you'd actually be quite satisfied. It has a kind of Thelma and Louise ending to it. And you're like, ah, I can live with that. Yeah, cool. Watch the first two seasons, skip the third, and uh, life will be good. Oh, that always saddens me, though, if I know it's going to go back downhill eventually. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's better than running into it, I promise you. Because then you... It starts to once you watch that third season, it starts to sour the memory a bit, and you'll be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I know." And as well, like oh. the thing is, it's ridiculous way for me to live. If I never watch TV because I'm worried that the next season's going to be crap, it's like never going out in the sunshine because it might rain later. Yeah, or well, it's a bit like Billy you Crystal in, when Harry met Sally reading the last page of a book before you die in a sort of weird. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. yeah Maybe that's your dark side, right. John. I know, exactly. I'm a very complex man. That's true. You very know. complex. People look at me and they say he's so complex. <laughs> What's that from? Hot Shots, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That's a movie I haven't seen in a while. Although part, I think part Dirt just turned up on Netflix as well in the UK. Oh, that's good. That's, that's got good. one of my favourite sequences, the beginning bit when it's the. It is part Dirt, isn't it? When 
you've got the apocalypse now versus platoon bit happening the two oh, yeah, riverboats yeah, cross I think it is. yeah which is awesome <laughs> Um, I don't really like the movies, but they nearly always have at least, you know, three or four funny bits Yeah, that, that make it all worthwhile. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about giving it a rewatch to find out if there were still three or four funny bits that made it worthwhile or if they were dreadful. Like Airplane obviously stands up to the test of time. Um, yeah. And so does Airplane Top Secret to a certain degree. stands up well, considering it's got none of the Zowie's involvement. Yes, it does have that great gag with a porthole in it, which still makes me laugh. Which is the, the whole bit sequence with William Shatner. Is <laughs> William Shatner's brilliant. He is. He's, he's amazing. He's brilliant at everything. Did you ever watch... Um, oh, Christ. Why do I do this to myself? I embark upon a train of thought on a microphone where I can't pay it off. I'm an idiot. It was a, it's a legal drama. Oh, Let's Boston turn it into a quiz. Legal. Boston Legal, I think. When he plays Denny Crane and pretty much... Yeah. It's, it's just <laughs> his lines. about this on the pod once <laughs> Have before. I? I, just, yeah, I love yeah. it. Ages thinking, ago. Like, Denny like Crane. Kidding, you enthused about him. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all he says. It's one of the best characters in anything ever yeah. I love Shatner no, he, is, he is hilarious cool. um, so uh, those, that's, yeah. that's, that's our sort of like shotgun scattergun although weirdly we did find a common thread you know to dovetail things around but we often do what I'm going to do is bring it back to the your first thing and, and the zine that I was talking about and talk about our combo movie because yeah. it's no secret if you looked at a poster or a thumbnail or anything about it, that what we're watching seems like it might be a bit of a ghost story. Yes. So what we what did we watch, Jono? We watched His House. It's on Netflix. It's from 2020. His House. Nice. Okay, and we're done. Excellent. Great. (laughs) Um, So yeah, 2020, His House. Um, It is a first-time director. I think he's only made one short before His House. Um, called Remy Weeks. Remy Weeks, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's it's about um, a pair of refugees who have arrived in this country, and they well they've escaped South Sudan, and and it's obviously a harrowing escape that you you learn more about as the film progresses. But basically, they they're they're refugees. They've been dumped in this country and at first they're they're just sort of um, they're being dealt with through the system and they're given a house they're not allowed to work or anything it's just a sort of holding house where they're going to have to live for the first few weeks while they wait to find out if they're going to be able to stay in the country yeah it's, always, it's almost like yeah the release from a, it makes it sound like the release from a detention camp kind of thing it's like they're, they're kind of out on, on sort of um asylum seeker bail essentially yeah aren't they? yeah exactly and they're given this house in it's never quite named is it but it's like a kind is it a crappy part of London. I feel like it's just it's, it's London suburb somewhere. Partly because uh, Matt Smith, uh, ex Doctor Who, who hasn't done much else that I can think of, um, no. plays the estate agent in a very sort of landony voice, sort of geezery way. Yeah, and and they sort of they move into the house, and and it's all about them settling in, and you find out that there's well they disturbing. See, they've they've lost a daughter. Yes. You know, and it's and it's and and it, during the process of crossing the ocean to get to this country, yeah, you, you get you get little flashbacks, and the whole thing starts off with you seeing him carrying the child across the the desert, and then that's right. Various yeah. flashbacks happen to um, what happens to a you know quite a few uh, asylum seekers, I think. Yeah, um, and but, go on. Yeah, all I was just going to say is that then once, but it's the house that it's called his house, and they're in this house, and it starts to be. They start to sort of feel like there's an evil presence. Yeah, 
And I would the... say, I would say for a for a movie like this, quite early on, the evil presence makes itself quite manifest, and not in that sort yeah. of like, oh look, here's the um, here's the baddie and some makeup kind of thing. But it's obvious to them that things are happening. You know, balls get thrown out of out of walls. There's noises. There's eyes looking at them, and, and from quite early on, they start to see these kind of freaky occurrences, although they don't uh, necessarily admit to it. Yeah, they don't talk to each other about it, and it's interesting because, like, you're so often in 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 horror films, you might have something that happens to just one character, yeah, or most of the horror. And it, with this one, because of, it's a couple, and both couples are experiencing the are experiencing yeah. the horror in a different way. Yeah, um, for for a lot of it, anyway. Um, and it's so the the two. What did you think of it? I, I, it's funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you through my stages. I think so. I I initially started off. It's t- it took me quite a while to watch this because I didn't really enjoy watching it um, for the beginning. Because I think I started watching it and I was just and there is a, there is quite a palpable feeling of dread, almost in the same way that Eden Lake does. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it has that sort of um, really dissolute kind of um, I don't know soulless, and I don't mean to say that the picture itself is soulless, but it just it feels like an empty well of of souls, and it just it, yeah. it, it, it's 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 quite a harsh place, I think, because in this place, this house is horrible. They get dumped in. It's obvious that they've been really screwed over, but they have to suck it up because they're asylum seekers. Um, and I went through that, and then I went through a stage of going, God, they've really got to the the sort of haunting stuff quite early and where are they going to go with this that's a bit annoying and yeah, then i kind of got to the point where i was like i was just turning into the shining and that's a bit tedious and i thought this was going to be quite inventive and actually it's turned into the shining and then i watched it and, uh, and by the end of it i thought jesus that's good yeah <laughs> good yeah. um and by the end of it and i don't want to say much more but it takes does take you on a journey not not i mean i will like there's an awful lot more i can say but i think it does very much take you on a journey and it does um things you don't expect and yeah i mean it is I, I, inventive so i watched it i i watched it again more recently because i'd forgotten bits of it and i was surprised watching it again i was surprised i was going bloody hell that first scare you know that very obviously okay something's weird in this house scare yeah is really early on it's like 10 minutes yeah in. it's really really early <laughs> yeah it's a bit it always reminded me of the truman show i love the truman show mm. but like he starts figuring it out almost like the credits have only just run. Yeah. And, you know, that thing falls out of the sky. He's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, like we should have another 15 Where's minutes. Where's the setup? Yeah. Perfect film, by the way. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, I had, the, I had a similar experience. But, yeah, I think um, I think uh, what I liked about it is that quite early on, I realised I absolutely love both the leads and could watch them all day. They are. They're brilliant, aren't they? Like their, their faces are so empathetic. Although I did, yeah. I did love her slightly more. Oh, I, I, I like. I thought they're both. Brilliant, there's something about him that about her that I just thought was just utterly fabulous. She's great, I thought, but um, I thought she was just. I don't she's Wumni Masaku. She's in. She's in the Loki series. Um, oh, is she at the moment? Yeah, I don't, I've not watched that yet. No, but apparently, she's in that. And and the guys, um, Shopee, uh, Dirasu. I yeah. think that's how you say it. I think so. And, um, he's he's been in a couple of things in fact and in fact actually she was in i've just remembered i think i spotted that she was in an old luther ah. which um which connects with them um, nice. i'll come to you later. anyway I, I thought both the leads were great yeah and matt matt it's interesting matt smith as the you know he's a he's a supported character he's not a, he's not in that many scenes 
But first time I watched it, I thought, oh, I'm finding him really clunky. But actually, second time I watched it, I didn't mind him. No, I, I, think, just... I, I think I found him clunky initially, but then there's the scene in the office when, they, when he goes into the office, and I um, and I thought he, he plays that really well. Like it's yeah, yeah, it's not pleasant, but he's really he's really good. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's it's, it's well acted. It's, it's nice and tight. There are barely any characters in it. It all happens. Yeah. You know, most of this play, takes place in this house, apart from a, the occasional sort of like flashback day trips. But yeah. I really, um, yeah, to I think, South Sudan. Yeah, and I did go through a period where I also thought, "Oh, it's kind of pet cemetery, is it?" Mm. I, I, I yeah. went for a real dip halfway through, just yeah, and then, but it really won me back. It really, really yeah. did win me back. I mean, I, I like didn't think this is the perfect movie. It, it yeah, it's didn't got 100% wow me in the way that fresh it didn't wow me in the way that um, Babadook did. But I just think it's 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 no, about. Um, I know what you mean, but I think it, what's be- Babadook has a beauty to it. Like if there's something at the end of that movie is 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 beautiful and yeah, this is true. just this is very very good but not quite i think there but you know it's it doesn't need to be though it's i mean it's a very very solid recommendation i think good well i'm glad you liked it and yeah, yeah it's one of those things where well yeah when i was looking at it afterwards i i sort of read somewhere oh you know got awards and received widespread acclaim so it's probably one of those ones that go yeah we've all seen that yeah, already we'll see, yeah, you're an idiot yeah and but it is an indie <laughs> and, it, and and it won a bafta for the um remy weeks run a bafta as a, like you know rising star or best That's new right, uk talent yeah. something like that for it um and i'd say deservedly so like it's a very well realized film as well so it doesn't feel like a first time director necessarily because it's quite it's a very assured bit of filmmaking i just just thought like as well so again films that i don't necessarily think are perfect i just love a creepy moment that creeps me out in an unexpected way yeah like in the kill list there's a bit when i remember the first time i watched it finding it when a woman in white is just sort of waving at them from a long way away and i remember that really creeping me out i need to rewatch kill list because i just i didn't rate it very much at all but um, but in this one, there's a bit quite near the beginning when you know they've only just moved in, and a neighbour, yes, spooky-looking old woman with a cat, is just looking at him out the window, and there's just something about the, a, yeah her in that moment that's really I, like I got full body shivers. There's a definite of sense of unease coming yeah. around at that moment. Yeah, um, which was great. But I think also what it does do is it does you know it, it does operate on many levels doesn't it like it, it's obviously mm. it's a scary movie it does a thing that you don't expect but it also does kind of like try and tie this in with the refugee experience and with the, yeah. like the horror of what people have experienced in in countries in Africa and and the horror they experience in a very different way in coming to try and seek asylum where essentially you just want to be um left alone and you just want to sort of get on be with safe. life and be safe yeah exactly be <laughs> yeah. safe and, and it's obviously he, he does become you know obsessed with that because um you know his house could have several meanings but one of them is that he is very resolutely this is my house yeah. now he kind yeah, of like yeah, yeah. he sticks his flag into it with with his wife and with other people saying no come on let's not get chased out this is my house um and it's that need for security and safety which i can there's a really great scene in a pub as well where he sort of which is nice and singing Peter the Peter Crouch song. Yeah, yeah, he's big as red as feet. And, and I think that's that's one of the things I really liked about it as well is it didn't fall into that trap of just loads of people slagging them off for being asylum seekers. Actually, he goes into this pub, he sings along a bit of a song. They, yeah, some blokes are saying, "Oh, are you an asylum seeker? Come and have some food." Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and actually, I love it when it, when when it's not going to fall into those easy, easy traps, you know. And it, I think I think that's a really 
yeah, refreshing. I know exactly thing. what you mean. In the, the film of beautiful things, a bit like that, which is all about these two guys on a quite a rough estate who fall in love, and you just keep assuming, okay, when's the sort of horrible queer yeah. bashing violent scene going to come come along, and it never does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's really nice. <laughs> Oh, cool. Dear. So for me, hmm, it's a hard one to rate. Yeah, it's probably a B plus. Yeah, I think it's a B. It could be it's an A minus, a- but it's probably a B B plus. I think it's a B plus. A minus has to be pretty bloody good to get into A's, isn't it? It's probably yeah. a B plus, I think. But I, it's a very strong recommend. Um, although if you, it's a, it's a weird one because I think the the horror is also front loaded. So in terms of if you don't like being if you don't like ghost stories and possession kind of things and you will get freaked out by the opening, but I'm not sure that it doesn't just sort of taper off towards the end and it become less horrible. I think that's a good observation. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I, so just and, watch, it, and, watch it early in the evening when it's still light for the scary bit. And that, actually, one more thing, just to... Sorry, just to, I keep rewinding on this. Um, <sighs> is that a lot of it does take place in the day, which I just love. I have a real thing for horror movies that take place in the day. I think it's just such a more interesting step to take than just going, oh, look, it's dark. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Well, good. I'm glad we both liked it yeah. because it's just a quality film. Yeah, kind of like um, Saint Maud in some ways. In that Although that I'd, I'd watch film. his house again before I'd watch Saint Maud. Yeah, so would I because this his house was had something more hopeful in it. Yes. Saint Maud was just really depressing, <laughs> but also good. Yeah, we did have some feedback from a listener who decided to watch it when everyone was out for a nice evening treat, and then obviously he didn't really listen to the review properly. Um, no. no. What was he thinking? Yeah. It's like it me good, watching Moon fun. when I'm feeling a bit lonely. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you burned. So, that is it this week. Not, you know, not a, not the biggest smorgasbord, but not too shabby, I think. Um, yeah, watch a bit of M.R. James uh, adaptations. Yeah. Do watch Count Me the same in. thing. Um, watch Jojo Mayer. Jojo Mayer? On Jojo YouTube. Mayer. Read... Read, uh, read the zine Ghost Pals and uh, first two seasons of Wanted throw the third one in the bin and then watch his house or before all of them during all of them his house and what, what about the drumming dog you've not mentioned your drumming I dog said, I said count you? me in I said oh god sorry I missed that oh, I'm sure so no. sorry dude oh penance sorry. right as I said before we are available at gmail we watch anything at gmail.com we're available on twitter that's the best place because I actually look at twitter um and then Facebook, if you fancy shouting into the abyss. But, do recommend things if you want us to watch them for you. Quite happy to be that safety net. Um, And feel free to disagree with us on anything. Remonstrate with us that we've recommended something that ruined your evening. Just let us know what you're thinking. Until next time, I'll be Ben Strivens. He'll be Jono Scott. Actually, that won't change, will it? Because until next time, we'll we'll, we'll keep the same names. It'll still be the same. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't work at all, dude. No. I'll go and rewrite that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Was that English? Did I just not completely fluff that? Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, I agree with him. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye, Ben. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too, Jono. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye.